Hey, welcome to This Week in Marketing, where Coach Jason Pantan and I help you modernize your marketing, build your brand, and ultimately win more business. This week, Jason dives into underrated marketing channels to expand your brand. Today, we're gonna to talk about three underrated marketing channels to position your brand everywhere. My name is Jason Pantana, and welcome to This Week in Marketing. I am super pumped for today's conversation because you know what? There's an abundance of amazing marketing opportunities for any business, any brand, anywhere. However, I love the idea of talking about underrated channels. And by underrated, let me clarify what I mean by that. I mean underutilized. I mean up and coming. I mean less crowded, therefore more of an opportunity for you to kind of gain an edge, gain exposure, gain reach, build your brand and attract more business. Buyers, sellers, referrals, leads, you name it. I wanna position your brand everywhere where people are like, oh, you're that agent. I see you everywhere even on the underrated marketing channels. So without further ado, let's dive in. Underrated marketing channel number one on our list of three is blogging. And you're like, blogging? It couldn't be more underwhelming. No, no, I said underrated, not underwhelming. Blogging is spectacular. And I'll give you the data that backs this up in just a second here, but let's go, let's just kind of juxtapose for a second. There are search engines, <gasps> blogging, and there are social networks. Social networks are amazing, but the downside is they're really predicated on scroll. They're really predicated on, I've got a home feed or an explore page or whatever. And as a user of those platforms, I'm gonna simply scroll through the feeds and if something hooks my attention for a few seconds, great. If not, I'm gonna keep on scrolling. So the intent, the willingness to watch and stick along and kind of consume the content is super limited. But on a search engine like Google, for instance, I type in a phrase like, how do I buy a house? Where should I look to buy a house? Who's the best agent in blank? And I type in specific high intent phrases, questions, queries that trigger all kinds of content to rank in the results pages. And the content should be your blog posts. Now, let me go backstory on this. So I have a website, jasonpantana.com, where literally I made a commitment whenever I post something on social media, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, or whatever platform I'm posting on, I also post that same content on my blog. And when I do it, I actually embed the video. So like, let's pretend I did an Instagram reel. Well, guess what? On the blog post, whatever the caption is, that's the actual blog text but I'm going to embed the video. You can actually embed videos from YouTube, from Instagram, from TikTok, from Facebook, whatever you want. You can embed them so people can actually watch those videos in said blog post. Now, why do I do that? Well, I do that because when I post a reel on Instagram, for instance, like it's here today, gone tomorrow. It burns through the feeds in like 24 hours. If I'm lucky, I'll maybe get two days worth of views and then it's gonna be pretty much crickets from that point going forward because that's the way social networks work. The recency of a post is going to kind of burn through the feeds and once it's old news, it's old news and it's gone and forgotten. But the benefits of SEO, search engine optimization, is that it builds up value over time as more and more people link and connect with and read your blogs, watch your videos on YouTube, whatever the search engine we're talking about is, it's only gonna gain value in the eyes of the search engines, in this case, Google. So I basically blog everything I post on social. Now keep that in mind. Last month, which would have been January of 2022, 
I got my monthly report from Google Analytics on search traffic on my website, and I got my monthly report from Google Search Console on what people clicked, what they searched in Google that triggered my blog or my website to rank in the search results. So two emails, which honestly, I could probably look at a little bit more closely, and now I will after I saw them. I was surprised, like I noticed, you know what? I have a little, a little, a little website, and I had 10,000 people per month on my website. And what also struck me was that 92% of the people on my website, 92% did not start on jasonpantana.com. They started at a specific blog. And I was like, okay, wow. That means that my blogs must be ranking in the search results of Google. So somebody types in how to do QR codes in real estate or something like that. And I have content that supplies the answer to that query. So therefore my blog ranks, they click it, they go to my website, that's SEO. That's search engine optimization. So I look then at the next email, the Google Search Console email, which tells me what were the search queries people entered into Google that where my website ranked. And I was surprised, I had 7,500 clicks that I didn't pay for. It's all organic and it's just based upon me repurposing my social media post as blogs. And here's the real kicker that got me and the reason why I'm talking about this with you today. Uh, there was a reel that I posted to Instagram in May of 2021, and the reel had to do with the difference between how YouTube measures and calculates a view versus how like TikTok or Instagram or Facebook measure and calculate views. I posted it as a reel, and it did reasonably well. It got a few hundred likes, I think, and it ran through the feeds like it always does, and then poof, it evaporated into oblivion because once it's done in the feeds, it's just done. But wait... I posted it as a blog. So the content lived on in the afterlife of social media called SEO. And what struck me was in my Google Search Console report, 3,500 clicks in just the month of January were going to that one blog, the one that had lived its life for a day on Instagram, but now it's generating like 3,500 clicks each and every month because of SEO. So my first underrated marketing channel is blogging. More specifically, you should start looking at a blog as another outlet for your content that you're publishing across your social platforms of choice, whatever they are. Embed the videos, make sure you're dedicated about the captions because the caption becomes the blog and watch your SEO build up over time. I mean, like seriously, every time I add a blog, in my mind, it's like I added another soldier to my army because it gets bigger and bigger and bigger versus when I just post on social, poof, it zips through the feeds and then it's gone. It evaporates, oblivion, all that work for whatever gain I got in that moment versus the long-term equity of a blog. Build up your SEO and start blogging. Underrated marketing channel number two is email marketing. And you're like, email marketing, email? Again, what's up with the old school stuff? Email marketing is so antiquated. And I'm like, wrong. Email marketing is freaking amazing. And in fact, if you just Google email marketing statistics 2022, you're gonna find that email marketing is probably the best ROI, return on investment marketing channel that exists anywhere and everywhere. And yet it's underrated, why? Well, because it's not as newfangled as maybe other social platforms, but I would say to you, you are undervaluing your email marketing and it's time to double down. Now there's different types of emails. A lot of y'all are doing like automated emails where it's listing alerts and things like that. Those are great, I'm not talking about that. And I'm certainly not talking about like Gmail, Yahoo, one-to-one emails. I'm talking about bulk email, broadcast email, and then within that genre, this broadcast email, the mass email marketing stuff, there are, again, different subtypes. There are strictly conversion-based emails where I'm trying to sell something or I'm trying to get the viewer of the email to take a specific action. They're going to book an appointment with me or something like that. Those are great, 
But really, I want you, I want to be clear, the way I'm looking at email marketing right now is as a marketing outlet for your content. So same as the blogging. With the blog, I said like, hey, you make your content and the blog is just another place where that content goes. Guess what? Your email should be thought of the same way. Here's what I double dog dare you to do. I double dog dare you to start a once a week email to your entire database that is straight up value add. It's basically a weekly recap, a weekly roundup, whereby it includes all of your amazing content that you're publishing across the web, across social. It includes all that content and just gives it away in one place once a week, just straight up giving value. Do you know what's gonna happen if you do that? Your open rates are gonna soar. Your click-through rates are gonna soar. The performance of your email is gonna soar. Why? Because you're actually trying. You're actually using email in the way that it was intended as a channel for distributing content. What kind of content? Valuable content. Too many agents look at email like it's just this thing they have to do. And they use some kind of a canned email sequence where it's not even an email they wrote. And they put somebody on their email list and that person's like, I don't want to be on this email list because they're just getting canned garbage. I'm not talking about canned garbage email. I'm talking about handcrafted, you made it, homemade, taste better than canned all the time types of emails whereby you repurpose your content that delivers value to buyers, sellers, past clients, sphere of influence, anybody and everybody who has subscribed to your email. Now, in terms of email marketing best practices, I wanna give you a few things to be thinking about right now. The first one is make sure the content isn't canned. It should be real content from you. You're the source. All the content emanates from you because you're the source. You're the expert. And we talked about this last week. That's what you sell. You're the expert. You sell your expertise and the means by which you impart that expertise. Right now, we're seeing that three word subject lines are kind of the sweet spot. So make sure you're paying attention to the subject line. Three words is kind of the trick right now to get a good open rate. What I don't want you to do is say like newsletter number 148. If that's your subject line, you just gave me permission to literally delete your email because there's nothing of interest. It's just another one that you're sending. But if your subject line is three words and it's designed to give me something, some type of an offer that I want to receive, I am way more likely to open it up. Not just the subject line, but also the preview text. Most email service providers like MailChimp or platforms like that, they offer what's called preview text, which is like the one or two sentence that most viewers can see underneath the subject line. All that stuff is going to give people either a desire to open the email or to delete the email and never open it ever again and or possibly unsubscribe if it's that not useful. Make it mobile optimized. Most people are going to look at your email on their mobile device. So it needs to load quickly. If you have like multiple columns, ditch it. Just one single column because it's a phone is typically pretty thin. They want to scroll through it. So make sure it's optimized for mobile. Though you're giving people valuable content, kind of drop in a couple of calls to action in between. Calls to action like search for homes, download this PDF for a buyer guide or a seller guide, or click here to schedule a free consultation with me about listing your house. Like don't be afraid to ask for business because when you're giving valuable content again and again and again, you're actually earning the right to have some soft calls to action in those emails. And you know what? If the value's there, it's going to incite people to want to take action on the offers you're making to them. Make everything clickable. What does that mean? Well, I'll explain the backstory in a second, but it means like as somebody would go through your email, they can click the photo, it opens a link. There's a call to action link in the text, they can click it and read more. It means put as many kind of click-through rate opportunities in the email as possible, and here's why. Last year, 2021, Apple sort of spearheaded internet privacy as we know it, as it's evolving, 
through their app tracking transparency framework. It was a big deal. Facebook got really ticked off because it sort of made it difficult for Facebook's ad targeting to continue the way that it was. It was a big deal. Suffice it to say, Google got in on the action and all kinds of stuff. Anyways, part of that was Apple's mail protection privacy program. And basically, here's what I want you to hear on that. Apple is trying to protect internet privacy, internet user privacy. And so what they're doing is they're actually preloading any email that gets sent and opened on an Apple iOS device. So think about this, like anybody on your email list who is opening their emails inside of Apple Mail on their iPhone, which by the way, is probably a huge subsection, that email will automatically register as opened because Apple preloads it to make sure it's not spam. And so you're getting a lot of false readings in terms of, hey, our open rate just shot up huge. Well, it actually didn't. It did because Apple preloaded it, but not because people actually opened it, which is why your click-through rate is gonna be super important to monitor how active, how much engagement, how much are we getting out of this email in terms of usage and actions. So literally make everything clickable. Last but not least, underrated marketing channel number three is Pinterest. Pinterest is not a social network. It is not a search engine. It's a discovery engine. Ooh, ah, that's fascinating. I like the way it sounds. Tell me more, Jason. I will tell you more. Did you know Pinterest is the fourth most popular social media site, even though I just said it's not a social network? Just go with me. It's the fourth most popular social media site in the US. So it goes YouTube, then Facebook, then Instagram, and then it's Pinterest, right? And you're like, really, Pinterest, really? you're missing a fundamentally big opportunity to position your brand on Pinterest. Now let's talk data for a second. Pinterest gets a lot of its users through direct and indirect sources. What do I mean by that? Well, I know that two thirds of people who go to Pinterest, they literally just open up the app because they wanted to go to Pinterest on their own or they go to pinterest.com and that's how they get there. But I know that a third of people who are on Pinterest, they don't go that route. They type in a query on Google, for instance, how do I do this or how do I do that or what about this? Like it's just a basic search and Pinterest has really great SEO. So its links actually rank in the results page and then people click it, they go to Pinterest and then oftentimes Pinterest is in and of itself basically link dispatch so they just end up getting to the blog or the website that posted on Pinterest in the first place. And you're like, slow down, Jason, slow down. Let me explain for a second. We talked about content. I talked about making super valuable content. I talked about thinking about your blog as a space for publishing that content and not just on social. Now I'm saying to you, you should also publish it on Pinterest, whereby it links to your blog, because think about this. Somebody types in a query for how to buy a house in San Diego or whatever it might be. There's a really good chance that the SEO of Pinterest might outrank your website, but if I can get them to Pinterest, they can automatically get to my website from there because Pinterest in and of itself is kind of like link distribution. It's like link dispatch unto itself. I know that's technical, but if you're with me on this, if you're with me, you should be looking at Pinterest really seriously. What's more, Pinterest is building out one video feature after another. It's another outlet for video marketing. If you're confused by this, leave a comment and ask a question and I'll try to clarify in a response to you, okay? But here's the deal. People use Pinterest because they wanna save ideas or they wanna research a specific thing. In fact, we know that 86% of millennials actually use Pinterest when they're planning to make a big decision, like buying or selling a house. My point to you is, you should be making valuable content. You should be a resource to people, buyers and sellers in your local marketplace. And you should publish your content everywhere, including your blog. 
including your emails and including Pinterest. Because when you take advantage of all the unseen opportunities and stop just looking at all the mainstream marketing channels, but realize what are the underrated channels? And if you put your content there, you can seriously gain an edge and things that you didn't think much of all of a sudden, like what happened for me with that Google analytics report, you can look at that and say like, wow, over time, that's become a super valuable asset in my marketing, and it can be for you too. Three tips, three ideas to get your marketing and your branding on a way higher level, more exposure, more reach, more customers. I wanna see you win in your business. If this content was useful, leave a comment below. We'd love to hear from you. If there's a topic you want me to kind of cover in one of these This Week of Marketing episodes, again, leave a comment below. I wanna be a resource to you, and I wish you massive success in your business.